I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Craig and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories. Today I'm joined by Josh Warwick, one of the co-founders of popular shirt retailer, Cold Kits. During our chat, Josh talks to me about his business, his desire to do something different, and I get his thoughts on the ever-rising prices in the vintage kits market. During the show, I ask Josh to pick out three of his favourite football shirts and tell me a little bit about what they mean to him. There's Roger Miller's Cameroon Home at Italia 90, a winning Calcio Classic for the Blue Cadati, and an Ipswich Away shirt that Josh holds very dear. You can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do subscribe, share and above all, enjoy the podcast. Okay, so today on the podcast I'm joined by Josh Warwick who's one of the co-founders of Colt Kits. How are you doing Josh? Yeah, very well. Thank you very well. Very good to be here. Mate, really excited to have a chat, actually. So um, tell me a little bit about what you do at Cold Kits. Um, yeah, so um, uh, there was three of us that founded the, the business uh, a few years ago. I can't actually remember now, but um, yeah, there was three of us uh, who founded it. And we were all um, um, all massive, obviously, football shirt fans and um, sort of collectors as well. Um, and um, we just thought we should sort of put our collective heads together and um, come up with a, a project, a passion project, really that has um, sort of grown and developed over the last few years, particularly over the last couple of years, actually. Um, and yeah, that's it really. And we just love football shirts. <laughs> so yeah. a bit like, are we, are we, I think I was talking about this the other day and we really, it sounds a bit cliche, but we did genuinely try and set out to kind of create something that we would enjoy ourselves as, as sort of football fans and football shirt fans as well. So hopefully, hopefully that kind of shines through on the website and how we sort of present ourselves on social and elsewhere. Right. Right. So the kind of the main goal of the business, obviously, it's retail, right? So you're selling kind of vintage shirts, but you guys do new shirts as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we started out very much as a kind of vintage shirt seller, but yeah, we do some more re- uh, more kind of modern stuff as well um, too now, um, which is, um, I mean, the kind of market has just gone out of control for the last few years. I think with football becoming, you know, really, really popular um, and, and the kind of, uh, a sort of football fashion or the, the the trend for people who perhaps not really interested in football actually wearing football shirts all of that's kind of added to this this huge interest in football shirts and it's driven the prices up so yeah. one of our kind of key focuses really for the last two or three years has been to try and develop a um, quite a significant clearance section so that we can you know we still stock the the kind of vintage stuff from 20 or 30 years ago but the fact is the prices on those are, are really high because they cost us a lot to buy in the first place so we do try and cater for everyone so people can start their collections without having to kind of break the bank to do it yeah that's really good and how like obviously without going into business secrets how does that kind of stuff work do you make kind of deals with the like the manufacturers or is it with more sort of wholesalers that kind of stuff 
Yeah, a bit, bit of both, really. Right. Um, we have arrangements with some manufacturers and some wholesalers too. Um, so yeah, it's a kind of a bit of both, really. Um, in terms of the kind of more vintage stuff, that comes from just everywhere, from people selling their own collections to the kind of, um, yeah, we have we obviously have um, contacts around the world, but um, it's just, yeah, everyone sort of, every once in a while you get somebody who just stumbles across like a, I don't know, kind of Palmer shirt from 1994 in their attic they forgot they had and um, they didn't realize actually it's worth something and might not be something they'll wear now so um, yeah that that kind of um we, we we find those kind of things all over the all over the place and all over the world as well actually where do you stand on the kind of I mean the pricing of football shirts gets a lot of criticism I think it's a really interesting debate and everybody seems to have a different kind of opinion on it in terms of like that rising price of vintage shirts and certain shirts and specifically things like the Bruce Banana or like the, you know, the Holland 88 shirt seem to go for hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Where's your position on that? Where do you stand on that? Well, um, I mean, I, I don't like it. And I don't like the fact that, you know, we have to charge certain prices for those kind of really like prized vintage shirts on the website because that isn't really what we set out to, to do in the first place. But the fact is we are driven by market economics and, you know, there's such a clamor for those shirts now that, um, you know, it costs us, as I said earlier, it costs us loads to kind of get hold of them yeah. um, just to put them on the site. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't kind of sit that easy with us because yeah, as I said, it's not what we, that we set out to do in the first place, but yeah, I mean, some of the prices are just absolutely insane. And some of the prices that come to us with people trying to sell shirts to us, and we're just like, you know, it's just, that's just madness. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a strange one, really. I, I think generally around the kind of interest in football shirts now, like, I, I, I do like it. I like the fact that you see, you know, kind of um, prominent people in the music industry and elsewhere, other kind of cultural figures who wear football shirts who perhaps don't really like football, but I guess there's a part of me, someone who's kind of grew up loving football and, um, you know, always loving football shirts. There's a part of me kind of does feel a bit like a bit possessive about it. And, um, you know, and I guess that's kind of tied into this as well, because that that sort of surging interest from perhaps people who weren't otherwise interested in football shirts has pushed the price up a bit. Mm -hmm. And so those kind of the, the sort of collectors who've been doing it for, for years are sort of paying the price a bit for that, I guess. So, um, but, you know, that's, that's what the market is like now. So it's it not is, much to do yeah, Totally, totally right. It's an interesting debate. Yeah. So you mentioned that there were three of you that co-founded the business, right? Yeah, yeah. In terms yeah. of like, what do you all do in the business? Is it all slightly different? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So Rob is um, uh, the guy who basically coordinates our buying. So we have a, we have a kind of small team now um, who who work for us. But Rob is uh, oversees all of the, all of our buying basically, um, and then David. He's my brother-in-law. Um, he um, is a graphic designer by trade. So he, um, and he's his fiance actually, who also works for the business now as well, but who was also a graphic designer. They are responsible for uh, our look and feel, if you like, um, the kind of nice stuff we do on, I think it's very nice, but um, no, it's really. Do, I think it really makes you guys stand out most definitely. Yeah, that's good to hear. Like yeah, the, the stuff we do on social, particularly Instagram, the kind of, the way we we hopefully kind of, sort of um emphasize a shirt's kind of um you know elegance or or uh, just the way it looks really so they're responsible for that and then um my kind of role is sort of a bit split across a few things really but essentially um kind of i guess content 
particularly. I mean, I'm kind of, I, I kind of do a bit of everything, but um, more of the kind of written content because I used to be a journalist. My previous incarnation, I was a journalist, so I've kind of got some kind of oversight of that. And and um, we have our own podcast as well, so I, I, uh, I'm the guy who does that too. So um, yeah, we have kind of um, quite differing sort of skill sets, I think, which is which has been good. It's been really useful and. Um, um, and it also helps we like each other, so that's quite good. <laughs> Always helps. A little right, anyway. <laughs> so, like, what's next for the business? Like, what, where do you see it in five years' time? Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough question to answer, actually, because um, we often sort of try to do a bit of, like, horizon scanning and try and work out kind of where the market's going and um, what we want to do. Um, obviously, we want to keep growing, but um, I don't know. I think I think there's there's some kind of quite interesting things that are sort of opportunities that are starting to present themselves to us now as we've got, got to a certain kind of size I guess and um, you know our, our kind of following on social is quite quite good now as well so that kind of opens a few doors so there's a couple of projects that I would I, I can't I really can't talk about at the moment because they're not quite over the line but one of them involves um, some physical retail space which would be brilliant wow. um, not not in the UK but um fingers crossed that one that one happens and hopefully that that'll be something we announce really in the next month or so um and then yeah again looking kind of overseas there's there's, there's some kind of quite big markets that we'd like to really um kind of tap into a little bit and um uh just make a bit more of and yeah so so a few kind of few kind of projects that are bubbling under i'm sorry i'm being so kind of uh it's so annoying when people do that but um yeah so but i mean yeah the, the big thing for us is just to just to keep growing really and this uh, you know obviously there's the market's got bigger there's so many people selling football shirts now as well so many smaller yeah. smaller sellers which and, and and we were absolutely once part of that kind of community so we you know good good luck to everyone who's doing it but it does make it makes it first of all harder to get hold of shirts and it does push the price up and of course yeah it's quite a crowded quite a crowded marketplace now whereas you know five or ten years ago there was well there was one big player and then like lots of yeah. kind of smaller fish so yeah um, yeah so uh yeah uh just, just to keep doing it really i think you know, <laughs> sort of turned a passion into a into a, a, a job for for a few people so um yeah just want to keep doing that and um and keep trying to just try different things as well you talked about like how we sort of present ourselves on on social earlier and that's like quite in, intrinsic to what we're trying to do really to try and be a bit creative. That sounds really pretentious, but to try and be a bit more creative and not just try and be a kind of, I'm not, and I'm, this isn't a criticism of anybody at all, but not just sell stuff all the time. That isn't, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously we want to sell things because that kind of pays our bills and everything, but to actually do a bit more than that and kind of, um, you know, talk about some of the things that are around football and tap into some of those stories and, and um, just have some fun along the way as well. I think you can kind of definitely see that there is a love for what you guys do in the wider culture. So it isn't just kind of overtly selling. So I think that definitely kind of shines through, which is good, right? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah Cause we don't want it to be just like that because you know, if, if that was our sort of focus, then we would just try and, you know, no criticism to Eminem or whatever, but you know, they have a, a sort of business model, which is very clear, but it's absolutely the other end of the kind of spectrum of what we're trying to achieve. So um, yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so look, I've got one more question on cult kits and the business before we go into your three shirt picks. Yeah. If I was to ask you, obviously it's a crowded market like you talked about, what makes you guys different? What makes you guys stand out from other shirt retailers? Why go to cult kits? Um, yes, yeah, it's a difficult question. Um, I suppose, I guess it's the stuff we've talked about already, really, that we do 
try to celebrate the shirts as much as we can um and i don't know i kind of we always when we when we designed the current website um our sort of one of the kind of um sort of principles of what we were trying to do was to make a site where people could come and browse and if you don't buy anything that's okay that's that's completely fine but you kind of enjoy the process of, of kind of browsing through football shirts and you'll feel like it's almost like a kind of not curated that sounds way over the top but you'll feel like it's um you know like an just a nice kind of um, nostalgic yeah nice experience nice nostalgic thing to do yeah. and you know you might buy something you might not but that's fine so i think hopefully hopefully people who come to our website kind of think that um and the kind of stuff that we've we've been doing on social as well is is like not trying to push people to buy stuff all the time right you know it's also to try and talk about some of the other stories and things that we like and and also collaborate and or, or support other people that we like in the um in the kind of um in the space that we're in i suppose so like we we were talking before we started the the, the interview about mundial and obviously you spoke to dan at mundial and we, we've known the guys at mundial for quite a few years now and you know um collaborated on, on some kind of small bits and pieces but they're, they're they're a great bunch and um we always try to support the kind of things that they're doing and there's lots of others lots of other people that we've um that we've kind of done that with as well so um yeah hopefully well i guess we just want to be part of this kind of this sort of really nice football community really yeah, and yeah. Um, uh yeah it's nice to be kind of part of that because it's, it's great to see um you know the game what am i trying to say here there's lots of kind of negative connotations about modern football um but also there's loads of really positive things about the game at the moment um you know the kind of <clears throat> the resurgence or not resurgence actually the the uh the kind of interest in women's football being one um and the kind of creative elements that are, are sort of connected with with football at the moment as well it's really i think it's really positive and it's really nice to see and we definitely want to be a part of that Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I've got a very kind of generic question that I always ask people on the podcast. Yeah. And I okay. guess it's slightly different for you. Um, yeah. What do football shirts mean to you? Oh, okay. What the football shows mean to me? Um, do you know what? I'm I'm a romantic at heart. I'm sentimental. I can't help it. Um, and to me, it's about kind of nostalgia and the just remembering a time 
when football was all there was in your life and you just kind of like completely got caught up in the weirdness and stupidity of football and and I suppose that's what football shirts mean to me when I see a shirt I mean so we we have a podcast and we spoke to James Brown the the, the guy who founded Loaded magazine and um <clears throat> I was talking to him about his favorite era of football shirts and he he was saying like I think like the early late 70s early 80s when he was you know when he was kind of quite young and just first kind of getting into football and yeah. um uh and it's the same and he said he said it quite nicely actually he said he described it quite nicely and that was um that kind of your favorite era of football shirts a bit like your favorite era of music and it's 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 kind of connected to a period in your life when you're first discovering it and you're first kind of falling in love with it so to me the 90s like i love 90s football shirts that's my favorite era by a mile like I, i love 80s too but 90s just it just evokes so many memories so yeah so football shirts to me mean um kind of like childhood and just like really fond memories of of loving football really so um yeah that's that's kind of yes that's that that sentimental I can't think of anything more more kind of original and different than that to be honest it's just it's that simple yeah I really like music analogy they're kind of like yeah uh, they with you from your kind of younger days you know and they might not objectively be that good and there might be a shirt from the 90s that isn't necessarily that good either but you love it because it was part of your childhood growing up exactly exactly it's all connected to memories so um yeah I think that's that's what it is and I think yeah you're right the music analogy is perfect yeah so let's go on to your first shirt so you've picked out the Cameroon home shirt by Adidas that was used at Italian 90 um let's give it a quick description so it's kind of a it's an adidas template right i think that i think a few other teams had it like yugoslavia had it i want to say and yeah i might have had something similar so it's kind of it's a green shirt with a white v-neck you've got the kind of yellow indomitable line logo you've got the old trefoil and you've got kind of like a a two stripe and an under sleeve patch design on the sleeves yeah yeah kind of strange isn't it with adidas usually it's stripes all the way down yeah yeah it's a really weird shirt um yeah so the reason actually before i start i had to pick you asked me to pick three shirts here this is a real struggle because <laughs> I, I it's weird i should have like i should have my favorite shirt i should know the answers to this question because i get asked it quite a lot but i actually don't have a favorite shirt so this was really hard i just kind of picked i had to think about this really rationally this was like not this wasn't like a just a i mean these the reasons i picked these shirts are kind of sentimental but right. i actually sort of I didn't, I kind of created a, like a mental, mental matrix of <laughs> trying to categories to, to work out what to pick here. So these are, these are, these, these change, choices could change like next week. But anyway, um, that shirt, uh, yeah, I just love it. You're right. It was a template. If even in 1990, I can, so it's my first world cup. That's one of the reasons I picked this shirt. Okay. Right. I was nine years old. Um, obviously a bit like, as we were just talking about your music and football shirts from a certain era, st- stay with you. Your first world cup, I'm sure it's the same for everyone. Everyone remembers the first World Cup because you're just like, what the hell is this? This is yeah. brilliant. <laughs> and, you know, particularly Italian 90 because England were pretty good, um, you know, and uh, first World Cup, you get to a semi-final, lose on penalties, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I love Italian 90. I know it's, you know, I know it was a shit tournament. <laughs> Sorry, can I swear, by the way? Yeah, of course you can. All right, fine. I know, cool. it was a shit- I know it was a shit tournament. It was a terrible tournament, like loads of sendings off. So I think twice as many as have been in Mexico. And I think Mexico had the highest number of sending. Certainly some weird stat like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was a horrible tournament. Stats, I love it. He's done his research. Found my research. Um, <laughs> there was hardly any goals, loads of, uh, quite a few penalty shootouts, I think. Um, 
it was just an ugly tournament really but you know I just remember that summer I mean obviously it was a long time ago and I've kind of of course I've romanticized the way that that summer played out but it was one of those classics where it just seemed to go on forever yeah um it was just like oh it's just such a great tournament I I just love it so much and um but for me the the the, England were great Republic of Ireland were great yeah Cameroon were the team that stood out because I, I don't even think I'd ever heard of Cameroon before the tournament started and you know they were I think ridiculous outsiders to win the tournament of course um but even to get as far as they did, but they were just great. And I, I remember seeing the first game around my mates when they beat Argentina mm. in that epic football match. I mean, it was, it was the GBH from Benjamin Massing on uh, Kinesia, wasn't it? Claudio Kinesia yeah. at the end, which was just <laughs> remains one of the great World Cup moments. But it was such a brilliant World Cup. And that game was amazing. The ridiculous goal that um, Oman Biak scored, I think it was, when um, P- Mary Pompido was it, the keeper? Right. It just kind of shovels it into the corner there. It was it was brilliant, and then it was it was played at San Siro as well. And Napoli had just won the Scudetto, and obviously yeah. Maradona's playing for Argentina, so all of the kind of Italian fans in the ground were all giving Maradona shit. And um, and then this team of like randomly put together, I think they were like playing in the French second division a lot of them, um, sort of just chucked together, and then they're wearing this kit. And this is the point I was trying to get to actually. I remember watching the game thinking that kit looks like a few years old. It doesn't look like it's yes. just been released. You know what I mean? It's like thrown together. And it was, it was, it was weird because it was obviously green. I think the first choice was green shirt, red shorts, and then yellow socks. So it was like right. really, really kind of different. And, um, and a two tone shininess. And, and of course the greatest thing about it, which is the huge lion badge yeah. felt badge, which is just massive. And um, I just, love it i absolutely love the shirt i just think it's it just reminds me of a really kind of a really sort of happy summer and of sort of falling in love with football in the world cup and um and that team were just they sort of they were kind of chaotic weren't they because they won the i think they won the first two group games then got smashed in the third game against the soviet union yeah correct and, yeah yeah and and then got to the the beat did they beat colombia was it colombia romania i can't remember in the second round and then they played england <laughs> And interesting, just just as an aside, I think the first lockdown, because there wasn't much football on, I think I remember the, the game was broadcast again. I can't remember if it was on BBC or ITV. They did do all of these games, didn't they? It was fantastic. Yeah. 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 Well, I re-watched it because I can remember the game. I remember the time my dad took me to the local pub in the village <laughs> that we lived in. So we watched the game at the pub and I remember just, it was so great. I was so happy. Anyway, I watched this game back and Cameroon absolutely battered England for large parts of that game. And they had this kind of reputation, this sort of stereotypical reputation. I mean, they did kick Argentina off the pitch, but they, you know, they were sort of big physical side, but actually technically they were a really good side as well. And um, they should have beaten England. They had so many chances and England got lucky really. And um, anyway, so that team just thrown together and the kit was sort of thrown together and it just worked. And it was just like, it was just, yeah, for me, they were the story of Italian 90s. I had to pick that shirt. Yeah, mate, it's a fantastic choice. There's that story as well. I read I read on Wikipedia that apparently Maradona not only wore shin pads, but he also wore calf pads. Again, Is that right? Maroon. Yeah, apparently really, so. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> so they had, a, they had a reputation before that game, presumably. Yeah, and like Maradona could take a kick, right? So for him to kind of wear extra padding is... Uh, it's pretty serious, okay. Yeah, there's also another. Just, um, I was doing a bit of research on that game on, yeah, on the Cameroon actually. Um, and there's a great story about the goalkeeper because the first choice keeper 
was someone called I think he was called Jojo Bell, and I think he was quite a decent keeper. He played for Bordeaux, I think. Right. Um, like a, he was really good, but he'd had a falling out with the manager or something like that. Anyway, five hours before the game, the second choice keeper, Thomas, I think it's Angolo, um, suddenly gets chosen to play. He's so nervous, like he's so scared. The president or someone has to phone him up to tell him to play, <laughs> and he has he has the game of his life. Anyway. Um, there's a 12-year-old boy, Italian, watching. I don't think he's at the game, but he's watching on TV. And he's so inspired by this performance. He goes and gets a pair of goal- goalkeeper gloves. Uh, and his name is Gigi Buffon. Wow. And the rest is history. And G- Buffon has got a son, apparently, called Thomas, after Thomas, the Cameroon goalkeeper. Wow. And he's still playing now. Fantastic. Yeah. So Amazing. And like you say, mate, it's the power of the World Cup, the memories exactly. that holds for everybody, right? Exactly. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> so we're going to move on to your second shirt which is, yeah. I, in my opinion, this is a Stone Cold classic. This is Sampdoria 1990-91 home shirt by A6. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so, so my sort of, my logical, rational thought process behind this one was as follows. Uh, I was like most kids my age in the, the kind of early 90s. <clears throat> we, we didn't have Sky, so I couldn't watch the Premier League regularly. Obviously watched, brought up on a, a diet of um, James Richardson on Gazetta on a Saturday, and then which was obviously incredible. And then you'd sort of watch bits of the game on the Sunday because it would be so unbelievably boring because, you know, Italian football was quite dull at that point. Um, sorry to anyone who loves Italian football. Um, but, you know, so I, I, like many people in my generation, grew up just sort of, I don't know, finding Syria kind of otherworldly, really. It was like a sort of Hollywood to, to the Division One of the Premier Leagues, like something where I can't think of, I can't continue this metaphor now, but, um, you know, <laughs> it was much better than basically yeah. division one. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they had all the best players were there pretty much weren't there apart from, you know, a few that went to Barcelona, Real Madrid or whatever, yeah, all yeah. the best players were there. It was just, I don't know. It felt very kind of exotic and, um, just really exciting. And there's the other thing I think about Syria is that there are so many big clubs that I, th- I think so many big clubs. Well, if you look at the, like the Bundesliga, I kind of think, You've got two big clubs and then, you know, a few kind of less big. Yeah. And, and Spain, you know, the same. Um, but England, I was think England and Italy have got this kind of like collection of big clubs where, you know, over the course of 20 years, five or six of those clubs could win the league. Yeah. Um, you don't really have that anywhere else. So you had so many big teams and that, that was part of the kind of allure as well of, <clears throat> Serie A, I, I just loved growing up and I just thought the teams sounded great, like Lazio and Roma and Torino. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, even you know that's outside of the kind of big three of Juve, Inter, and AC, and then um, Napoli, of course. You know, just all these great clubs, Parma, Fiorentina, of course, um, and then Sampdoria. Always loved Sampdoria just because the kit was just great. Yeah, yeah. the kits are always great. Sampdoria kits are always great. Um, so I thought yeah, I was going to go for Napoli just because I love their Umbro kind of early nineties Umbro shirts. But then, um, you know, I just thought that. That, that Sampdoria shirt is just so unique, um, so different. And also, I love, it's, I've never been to the ground. Uh, is it, uh, Ferraris, Luigi that, Ferraris, I think. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely one of the, uh, we've actually been sketching out kind of our next uh, football tour. We, we, a few friends and I go on tours every so often, and, and that's the next one. We're going to go to uh, Genoa, and <clears throat> and uh, we've not been to San Siro either, so we're going to go to San Siro. So anyway, um, I love the stadium. Um, 
again, it reminds me of Italian 90, actually. I just remember the Republic being in Romania there. Um, beautiful stadium. And um, But yeah, the shirt is just incredible. And then I thought, okay, which one am I going to go for? And it had to be 1991 because that was the year they won the Scudetto, their only Scudetto, which is an incredible story in its own right. Um, um, and, you know, a team of kind of, who was it, Lombardo, Viali, uh, Mancini. Yeah. Mancini, um, Aliuka. Yeah, yeah, it's a... It's a it's a, it was a great side and <clears throat> they were up against some, obviously, you know, the, the giants of Italian football, some of whom, I think Juve had spent ridiculous amounts of money that summer, yeah. um, possibly Milan as well. So, you know, there's a kind of little side from Genoa who, who conquered all and the, that shirt is just a thing of absolute beauty. As I said, you could pick any Sampdoria shirt, to be honest, but yeah, that true. one in particular, the collar is lovely. The Asics logo is really nice as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a brilliant season. Um, so yeah, I had to go for that. That's perfect, mate. I think, like you say, it's so iconic, isn't it? it nobody else has that shirt, uses those kind of colours and that kind of combination. And that, yeah. I mean, they were with Asics for years, I think, for like 10 yeah. years. So yeah, just nice yeah. to, I think that's the first Asics shirt. So it's just kind of... Oh, is that you know, right? Oh, that's good. Like, I'm a similar age to you, it sounds like, and just kind of yeah. seeing that on TV for the first time and just thinking, what is this? You know, this is yeah. something completely otherworldly, isn't it? It is. It is so instantly recognisable. And also the badge is brilliant as well. I love yeah, the Sampdoria yeah. badge. So and I love Sampdoria as a word. <laughs> it's just such a nice name, isn't it? Sampdoria is lovely. So, um, uh, yeah, that was a, I, I was kind of like, I had to pick a Serie A shirt, early 90s. And yeah, that is, I mean, there's so many to choose from, but that, yeah. that just about edges out the rest, I think. Sounds like it's a tough choice. It was, it was. So, mate, your third and last shirt. This is slightly less glamorous, slightly less exotic, but equally, saying? equally as pleasing <laughs> on the eye. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, an Ipswich away shirt. It was used between 89 and 92, and it's made by Umbro. Yeah, yeah, bright orange. The whole thing was bright orange. The shorts were orange as well. Um, yeah, well, l- listen, obviously, I'm an Ipswich Town fan. <clears throat> I think I'd be li- I-, I wasn't going to pick an Ipswich shirt because I just thought it's a bit boring, but I think I'd be lying if I said... Uh, it, it wasn't this shirt wasn't in my top three or an, in an, an Ipswich shirt in my top three to be honest it's not the best looking Ipswich shirt there's been some other nicer right. the kind of 84 I think it was the 84 home shirt and the away shirt actually the white version which was the um, it was like the, it was the Adidas kind of version of the French shirt from the time with the red yes. big red bar and the three white stripes and then the yeah. away was the red with blue stripes but both, of, both of those shirts are just to me like perfection but um <clears throat> so I, I could have gone for that but as before I don't remember them playing in that shirt um, so I haven't really got that kind of emotional connection um, but this shirt that orange shirt my, it was the first season like I'd gone to Ipswich my dad took me to Ipswich games you know from I don't know four or five probably um, and um, but that's that season 91-92 Ipswich got promoted they won division two the old division two got promoted oh. into the inaugural Premier League oh. <clears throat> and that was the first year it was my last year at primary school and it was the first year I was just went to went to every season ticket holders went to every game got kind of swept up in the in the season as well it was just we were top for pretty much all season and um, it was just such a great year. Anyway, the, the, the I could have picked the home shirt the home shirt is also very nice a number of shirt as well obviously um, but in, in April 1992, um, I went to my first away game with right. my dad and a couple of his mates. And it, was, it was only South End, South End away. And um, <clears throat> uh, another pointless statistic, not statistic, but fact here, it was, it was the day of the Grand National. And uh, I remember this so well because it was just running up to the May general election. 
and the horse that won it was called Party Politics. So it was like, I just, it will stay with me forever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I can remember the day really clearly. And we were desperate, it was right at the end of the season. We really needed to win the game. It was, it was neck and neck. I think with us and Blackburn and Middlesbrough, I think it was. <clears throat> Blackburn had loads of money at the time as well. So we were like, yeah. 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 And, um, and we were drawing, we went one little up. South End, we missed the penalty. John Walk, the legendary John Walk, missed the penalty. I think he hit the bar. He was still South- at that time. Wow. Oh, yeah, he played for another four years after that, I think. Um, South End equalised. I think Brett Angel might have equalised, actually. And um, in the last minute, Neil Thompson, who's now, I think, caretaker manager at Sheffield Wednesday. He certainly was a couple of weeks ago. Neil Thompson, left back. uh, Remember it so well. He cuts in from the left. He's so left-footed, the most left-footed player you'll ever see. Anyway, cuts in on his right foot, and we're right behind this, and he curls the ball into the far corner. We win the game 2-1. It's just chaos absolute chaos um and at the end of the game all the Ipswich fans and south end fans ran on the pitch south end fans were um i think they were like campaigning against their owner vic jobson i think his name was okay. who they thought it was a proper bastard and, and it just fans are like joyous because we're getting promoted pretty much and it's just one of these lovely moments where football fans kind of come together and there's this like harmony and Ipswich fans were singing jobson out and fans were swapping scarves and also it was just like the perfect away day that's the first away game I ever went to anyway yeah. the end of that season incredibly the club used to sell off the player shirts for seven quid it was seven quid wow. so me and my mate um got taken i remember going off to school went to the ground and the only ones that were left were neil thompson's and like i can't remember the other one was it was like a sub shirt anyway so i got neil thompson's shirt right i don't I, sadly i don't think it was the shirt he wore to score that goal because he had i've since looked back and he had short sleeves on that day and this was a long sleeve shirt oh, so whether wow. it was whether it was you know from an earlier part of the season or whatever it was a warm day anyway so he perhaps he'd chosen to wear short sleeves but whatever i own the shirt I've still got the shirt <clears throat> and I can remember the next day taking it to school and my head teacher, who was a big football fan as well, called me up to the, to the front of assembly and I had to put this thing on in front of everyone. And it was like wearing a dress, honestly. It was like down to my shins. <laughs> and um, uh, I got it out. put it on in front of everyone in assembly? I don't know. Just like, look at this. He was like a big football. He was, he was impressed with it, I think. And he just right. wanted to show, show how, how bloody massive this thing was. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I put it on the other day and it's snug. Is really yeah. sad now. I just thought, I know I was 11 then, but oh man, seriously. So, um, yeah, so that's why I've gone for that shot. And it just, whenever I look at it, I just, it just reminds me of that, that day and um, a really special season. And uh, yeah, I've still got it and I still love it. And um, there we are. I had to go for that. I had to go for that. Because, exactly. you know, we were talking at the start of this about what football shirts mean to me. Well, that's like the perfect example of, uh, of what a football shirt means to me. And, it's wrapped up in so many kind of memories. My dad died 10 years ago. So <clears throat> yeah, it makes me think of him and right. how we, how we would go to football together. My parents divorced from, sorry, this sounds like some kind of sob story now, but my parents <laughs> divorced when I was quite young. My dad would come and pick me up on a Saturday and we'd go to the game together. So it was all, right. all of this wrapped up in, in the kind of relationship with my dad and, and those kind of really happy memories of, um, of going to football and just loving football. So it was a, it was an obvious choice. Lovely stuff, mate. Well, thanks so much for sharing. They're really three really great choices. Thank you very much. No, you're welcome. Well, I hope it was difficult. I was, I was this up. This is kind uh, of giving me some sleepless nights. I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> you know, can, I, can I go for that? Should I really say Cameroon? Is that a bit pretentious? But um, yeah, so it's, it's a tough one. I need to get better at this. But uh, yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. Enjoyed talking about it. And we'll keep an eye on Colt Kits, and there's going to be some developments in the next few weeks, hopefully. Oh yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. It'll be. Um, yeah hopefully it'll be quite exciting and um 
and uh, yeah and i should say to uh, to anyone listening who is a a cult kits um customer or anyone who's visited the website just genuinely thank you for your support it makes like i know it sounds cliche but it's um it's just so lovely for us to kind of have sort of started this project just as a kind of something to do in our spare time a kind of passion project and it's, it's turned into something bigger and that's just because we've had support from people who've sort of bought into what we're trying to do so genuinely grateful So there you have it. Massive thanks to Josh for sharing his football kit memories with me. You can follow me, my own collection on Instagram, or get in touch via Twitter or email. Don't forget to follow Josh and Colt Kits too. And the beat was produced by Evelyn. Other than that, I guess that's it. Until next time, I'll see you later. There's Roger Miller's Cameroon home from Italian IT. A winning Calcio Classic for the Blue Kerati. <laughs> Blue Kerati. Blue Kerati. <laughs>